I, I didn't feel like I completely fit in in the illustration world because I wanted to do these other things too. You know, I, I did, you know, nerd out over using InDesign to make my CD cover um, where other people were more, they cared more about making the artwork behind it as opposed to making this final product. And I very much like making products and, and having that thing in my hand. From the cubicle to the lab, the studio to the war room, climbing up the corporate ladder or joining a scrappy startup, experience a day in the life of the jobs you want. This is the Experience a Day in the Life podcast. We interview professionals, entrepreneurs, and recent grads about what a day is actually like on the job, hour by hour, or as we like to call it, they're a diddle. Spell A-D-I-T-L, which stands for a day in the life. This podcast will inspire you to gain experience beyond the classroom and launch a career of your own. We're your hosts, Chris DeBeau and Matt Poe. Welcome to part two in the two-part UX Marks the Spot series. In part one, we went through hour by hour in a day in Greg Hill's life as an associate experience design director at Zynga. In this episode, we'll take you through Greg's career journey so you know what skills and experience are necessary to land a job as an associate experience design director. Greg was always a designer at heart. Even though some around him doubted his choice to major in illustration, Greg was able to hone in his skills and passion and make a fulfilling and innovative career. Let's learn how he did it so you can too. What did you want to be when you were growing up? Pretty early on, I knew I wanted to be an artist, um, but I was a little strange about it, I guess. Uh, I wanted to do posters and comic books, and it always had text in it. Um, and I had encouragement. My grandmother was a, an art teacher for a university in Canada. So I think that's really important to people's development. And I always say, it, you need someone to tell you that your profession is okay. And my grandmother from a very early age told me that being an artist, being a designer was okay. Greg attended Sheridan College in Canada for undergraduate and studied illustration. Sheridan is one of the leading schools for art and animation, which is the program he originally wanted to get into. It was a very prestigious school, um, and it, it was all about combining art and science. And I thought that was really cool. I went to school thinking I was going to be an animator in computer animation, because um, that's kind of that perfect blend of art and science. But uh, as I progressed, and I actually didn't get into the program I wanted to, I took a, a fundamentals course. And that really taught me that illustration and the storytelling part of it and the mixture of text and design elements and more iconic graphics as opposed to sort of fine art. And I, I wasn't into abstract painting or anything like that. So that kind of brought me into illustration. Um, and yeah, it, it was, you know, like I said, it's a more rich storytelling and you get more narrative. During his college years, Greg was an art teacher for eight to 12 year olds at the Forest Grove Academy of the Arts and Technology. I coached basketball growing up. I always liked, you know, teaching and, and working with kids and I, I just went for it. And honestly, I, I did not expect I was going to get that job, but they, they took a chance on me. And I very much, it taught me so much about, forget about art, but for my life, <laughs> you know, patience um, and, and that there is all types and that you have to learn how to, to work with very difficult children and, and different personality types is, is more what I mean. Um, but one of the things that management and, and direction of art and, and teaching kids, I think, telling other people how to do the thing that you love is, is really great. 
for solidifying your own skills as well as, you know, just sharpening your, your mind on the theory. Greg then interned with illustrator Scott Page in college and continued to work with him the summer after senior year as an illustrator slash designer. To me, it was the best way to get started in my career. He was doing exactly what I wanted. Um, and I went in and I interviewed. I literally was walking up to the house and one of the most talented illustrators from my class was walking out. And it just my heart sunk to my stomach and I, I was just certain I wasn't going to get it. But somehow, I guess that that dejection allowed me to, to be more confident in, in the interview because I got it. <laughs> Can you go into what he was doing that made you drawn to that experience and what you did from your internship to your then later job? Sure. So I, one of the things that I liked about Scott was he was an illustrator. He did, you know, commercial illustrations, a lot for magazines and stuff. And I liked his style. I liked that he could do that. But he was also doing storyboards for ad campaigns and, and um, commercials to print design to a little bit of web design. And that's, you know, where I saw myself. I, I didn't feel like I completely fit in in the illustration world because I wanted to do these other things too. You know, I, I did, you know, nerd out over using InDesign to make my CD cover um, where other people were more, they cared more about making the artwork behind it as opposed to making this final product. And I very much like making products and, and having that thing in my hand. Um, so he did all of those things. And I knew I, I wanted to work there. And when I got it, I, I was really, really excited. And, you know, this is the early 2000s. Everybody wanted a website at that point. And he didn't really know how to code for them. He knew some stuff about how it was put together. So I ended up doing all of the websites that he, he made. I coded them in HTML and CSS. And it was the early 2000s. So some of them were actually Flash, which is really... I never want to go back to that. Time. <laughs> um, it seemed exciting to me, if, if I'm being honest. So let's take a step back at graduation. People get a, really nervous. What was your feeling? I mean, you had this one job with Scott Page, but you didn't really know your future. What was the plan? What was going through your head? At like everyone point? else, I was super nervous. I was super lost, but I was applying to so many jobs and not hearing back from a lot. And that's where I was starting to get you know, frustrated and lost and didn't know what was happening. But I, I think, you know, I, I'm guilty of this a lot in my life. And I, I think it's definitely something people can learn from is communicate what's going on with you to other people. And I didn't tell Scott the entire, well, number one, because I worked with him, but I, I didn't tell Scott the entire summer that I wanted a job. And he could have totally <laughs> introduced me to this guy before. I was just sitting in my world trying to like apply to these jobs, not, not really reaching out to them and, and not really giving my best. Um, because I didn't know how and you know through networking um, and, and through communicating to my desires and what I wanted to, to my boss at the time I, he hooked me up and I eventually got it you need other people to help you learn too so if you're not communicating that you're sort of when you're stuck in those spots and you're not learning from other people who can help you I think that's you know um, one of the other things that's kind of important is to lean on lean on the awesome people around you with help from his old boss, Scott Page, Greg moved from the suburbs to Toronto to work at Groove Media as a graphics slash web designer. They were a company that uh, paired with another animation studio and made games. Um, the thing that I worked on the most, which was kind of a cool idea, um, and the, the gambling rules in Canada at the time were different, um, was basically we would make games like a, a, a fighter game, a, a street fighter game type game, and you could bet real money on them. 
and and cash out. And it was kind of this online platform fairly early in 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 the really serious online world. Um, and it was it was really sort of progressive. So you mentioned on LinkedIn that you were part of a major site redesign for them. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that project? Sure, definitely. And you know, that's a reoccurring theme in my my life, it seems, um, is, is these big redesigns. And it's a it's a tough project. You know, there was a team of people and my boss, his name was Matt, um, was part of them who designed this this big website as they're going and and you you have thoughts of where this site could lead and what it could look like and how it could behave. And then you build it and your customers interact with it and you have to go a different direction. That is just that's the way it's gonna work. Um, and that's what we did. So they needed a redesign because they had a whole bunch more games. That's another reason why companies redesign websites is, you know, to, to create systems to expose more content in a, in a little bit of a streamlined fashion. And that's one of the things they wanted to do. They had, you know, they went from two games to nine. How am I going to show those to our, our potential consumers? That and a sort of refresh of the, just the visuals was, was what I worked on. It was kind of my first task. Can you explain a little bit about the feeling of the first job out of college? What did you learn about, I guess, life or just working for a company in general? Well, I think that's definitely one of the most exciting times in your life, that first that first job. And I was making, you know, 35K and thought I was rich all of a sudden because um, I, I was compared to the, being a college student. So I, I think that there's that excitement that goes in. But one of the things just you know, that I, I realized in my first, literally my first day, I had done all these websites, I, I was coming in strong, you know, I, I had this great referral. And the first day I, I was given the, the most simple task, it was just, you know, providing images for one web page. And it took me all day for whatever reason, it took me eight hours. At the end of the day, <laughs> my boss, it should honestly, it should take if if it took me 20 minutes now, I would I would be upset. Uh, <laughs> and I spent the whole day doing this task. And my boss, at the end of the day, he said, Greg, how's that, how's that screen going? I said, no, I think I'm done. And I showed him my work. And he literally was like, no, we can't use any of this. Oh, <laughs> no. And it's one of those things is that, that I realized is that, you know, while my school was very hands-on and very technical, there's no better way than doing it. Just actually having, having to do these things. And, you know, I hadn't worked for a big company with serious engineers before. So I was used to having to code them my way. And that was fine the way I was doing it. But when you're working with a big team, a big corporation, it's, it's a whole different ballgame. You have to work and collaborate with other people and do it their way. And, you know, my boss made fun of me for about 10 minutes. And then he, um, he showed me how to do it in another 20. And that's probably close to the way I still do it. Greg was there for about a year when he unfortunately got laid off. It only took him three weeks from the day he left Groove Media to find his next job, which was at Syncaps as a design specialist. What exactly were you doing and what what was the operation there? So Syncaps was a social media advertising agency. And, you know, this was 2008 to 2010. Very, very early in, in sort of that that marketing idea of, of social media. And, you know, we were, it's funny enough, we were learning a lot of lessons from what Zynga was doing with Farmville, which is kind of ironic that I later worked there. But when I started, I was the, literally the first employee. My I interviewed with this guy. He was two years younger than me. He was super smart. Um, 
super motivated um, and he was very technical for being sort of a sales guy. And I met him for coffee one day. The next day we met and he bought me a computer and <laughs> we uh, hooked it up with Photoshop and sat in this little, it, it was similar to, to WeWork. Um, you know, in a way we had this sort of one, one room office with all these other companies and the company ended up being a million dollar company, but it started in this one room with uh, me and about four other people. So you did that for two years about, and then what, what made you leave after, after that time? So I had started to kind of acquire some of the skills uh, that are under the UX umbrella. I've been working with an information architect. Um, we were doing uh, this, this huge website, which was meant to be a, what's called a CMS, a content management system um, for companies who wanted to post advertisements on Facebook, on Twitter. And this was, you know, the days where MySpace was still around. So MySpace was literally one of them. And I, I started to like that sort of thing. And it was, it was cool. It was like solving a puzzle. Um, you know, you're moving around parts and trying to figure out what's important to people, what should be where, what do you have to cut and put on another screen? What can stay here? Um, and that, I, I kind of like that puzzle aspect of it. But I actually got to help out with uh, my first app and design parts of my first app, which is why I left. And it's not, I, I fell in love with it. It's not like it scared me away and that's why I left. But it was a app uh, for Perez Hilton's radio station in Canada. It was an absolute pink and purple nightmare. And it was unbelievable. But like I said, there was something about the puzzle of, of trying to, especially on mobile, where you're taking these, these websites full of content and trying to squeeze it into this tiny screen and just being more accessible. All of the changes that eventually came because people are so reliant on their phones were starting to happen. And I just, I was so excited by the technology and the, the way it could make people's lives easier that I pursued a job doing strictly mobile UX at a company called Five Mobile in Canada. I would say Five Mobile, it's, it was one of my favorite jobs because it was, it was like advertising and that you had variety different corporate clients would come into us and say, hey, can you build an app? And you know, this is 2010. People are really starting to try to move to mobile. And we, we would say, yeah, but we would work on them anywhere from two to three weeks to the longest one I worked on for six, was for in total six months. And it was, it was great variety and it was great. It was like, like I said, it's a crash course in, in UX design for me. Um, and I'm so thankful I took that opportunity. As a UX UI designer, some of Greg's clients were from all different types of industries, including a newspaper and a sports app. It was funny. You would, even the people who work for these companies are, are different. So the, the variety of the user who you're designing for is completely different. But the people you're working with, how prepared are they? How knowledgeable are they? You know, it was, it was really fun to kind of meet these groups of people and, and collaborate with them and try to help them with their product. So would they come to you with specific directions on what they want? Or did you guys come in as consultants and say, this is the main objective, the high level objective, and then you guys consult with how to get to that design? A real variety, I would say. Um, the, the people, for example, from Globe Investor were super organized, super smart, super sharp. They kind of knew what they wanted. They had this huge website just so much content um, that was also very popular in Canada. And they wanted a lot of that content. Their goal was 60%. I actually think we got more in the end, but they wanted 60% of their website's content on this app. But just because they, they knew that, they were also really cool and that, hey, 
you guys can figure out how to do that to organize it. We know it's a challenge. We're hiring you because we know you're better at it than us. And they had tried already, which is um, <laughs> how they do that. Um, and so that part was really interesting. But other companies, you know, we had some huge companies that would kind of just say, just do whatever you want. And, <laughs> which <laughs> do you always, prefer? Um, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of like the first, the former more. The latter, it's funny, it made me think of teaching kids, but I used to say, as an artist, the scariest thing is a blank page. And so one of the painting things we used to do is just throw a splatter of paint on a page and make it into something. But that's the way I kind of feel about UX design too. <laughs> if someone's like, hey, just go do whatever you want. It's The world is so big, there's so many options. What, what am I gonna do? So you at this job, what we saw on LinkedIn, you said that you created flows, wireframes, and visuals based off a user-centric philosophy. Could you define what flows and wireframes mean? Sure. So when you're coming up with really any software, a website, a, a mobile application, um, a, a flow diagram is generally how you start. And that's just getting an idea of how this thing works. And you know, game design does it in gaming, but for software development in general, it's it's stuff like the home screen is a list view, and you click on an item in the list, and it goes to, you know, it goes to a detail view, and then it goes to a related article. So it's planning out really high, high level how this whole thing works. You know, so you go to the home screen and the friend screen and um, then you click on a friend's profile. So you're, you're really just laying out how something works as high level and as bare bones as possible. You're not sort of um, doing that with complete visual de design of a screen or people's actual names. You're just trying to, you're trying to pass an idea off to somebody else. And wireframes, I say, are a little more detailed. So my wireframes would have you know, they would have those cells on them. So you would have a list, let's say it's that sporting app. You'd have a list of the baseball games on. Um, and then you, when you clicked on it, you could see more details about the baseball game you're looking at. And you would actually have some of the details because it's a baseball game. You have a spot for nine innings. So you're starting to, as you go from a flow diagram to a wireframe, really just start to get more detailed as you go. What do you use to build wireframes then? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. We use Sketch for almost everything now um, because it's so, their pipeline is so good. It's really easy to change something that's a grayscale wireframe um, into a color uh, mock-up later. So we, we've been using um, Sketch for, for flow diagrams, wireframes, and the final visual design now. In 2010, Five Mobile got acquired by Zynga and Greg became a UX designer at Zynga. It was because they were trying to transition to mobile. They had started as a Facebook, mainly gaming company, and they were trying to, to move towards mobile. And we were great at it, especially our engineers. And they, they acquired us to, to work on their Android games and to, to work on their iOS games. So it, for me, as part of that, and because you know, 5Mobile was very engineering heavy and, and Zynga is as well, it was it was. A little scary, honestly. I, I didn't know where we would fit in. How long before, I mean, this was, you've been with Zynga and I guess since the acquisition for the longest in your career so far. How long before you realized like this was the right company? 
It was within the first year. I think I had started to sort of make more of an impact on the games that I worked on, which, you know, for a while it was it was kind of a help on the littlest task here and there for a couple of weeks, and then it was going from game to game. Um, but it was when we started to get games in Toronto and, and being able to have a little bit more of ownership. Uh, my friend Gurpreet and I, uh, who's actually, he, he moved to San Francisco later on uh, to join us here and is now uh, the GM of, of the game. We came up with some great features for a game called Scramble with Friends, which eventually turned into Boggle with Friends. And once I started to have agency over, over the games and the features more, I think that's when I, I, I found my spot and was like, yeah, I can, I can really excel here. After three years working in the Toronto office, Greg decided it was time for a change. He moved to San Francisco to work at Zynga headquarters. I started to make a big impact on the team and, and they had asked me a couple of times to move down. And I was very, you know, Canadian and polite about it, but had refused. <laughs> and eventually, you know, as the team, they started to bring people on. I, I, there was this part of me that realized I had kind of already hit a ceiling in Toronto and I felt like if I stayed, I may lose the ability to work on Words with Friends and continue making the impact that I was making. And it was just a, a good time in my life to do that. And I took the chance. And that's when I, you know, after about six months of, of going back and forth, that's when I decided to move here. He was leading a cross-disciplined innovation team that was responsible for prototyping new products for the Words with Friends franchise. He also planned content releases, working with an art house to create the content. For example, around the holidays, his team and the art house would work together to create holiday characters within the game. You hire these art vendors and they create the artwork for you. And it's a really great way to, to keep engagement with your game over a long time. Hey, people come in, there's something new, it's exciting. So I was running the, the vendor pipeline. We would come up with content. So it's the holidays, but what does that mean? Do you introduce a Santa character? Do you introduce a reindeer? Um, coming up with all of those and then briefing and, and working with the art vendors to kind of get them into the game. So you were educating slash mentoring since you were starting at Five Mobile and kind of carried that over into Zynga. You also mentioned that you educated them on design best practices and processes. Would you mind sharing that with us as well? Yeah, sure. Um, the, the, for me, it's, it's about the user-centric behavior, thinking about problems from that angle and really logically and thoughtfully and carefully laying them out, starting from the research to design stuff all the way through. That's really important, that user-first mentality. And, you know, spending the time downstairs in the user testing lab, uh, behind the glass, and, and understanding and listening to and understanding your users, I think is super important. So trying to come from that angle at all times, whenever we're trying to solve a problem, even if it's a business problem, hey, you know, we're not making money. Okay, well, we have to, we have to come at that of like, what is the value you're going to provide to somebody? We can't come at it like, hey, we just need to make money or people are going to smell that. They're going to think it's desperate. They're going to think it's gross. Um, they're not going to buy what you're selling. Um, so there, there's that part of it. And I think when you work for a business, sometimes that, that gets lost. So I, I think it's, it's specifically the user experience team's job to keep reminding people that that's what we, we need to do to be successful. Um, the best practices and the processes, um, I'm a super, super um, organized person as far as my, my files, naming conventions, those, those things are really, really important, especially when you're working with a large team. You know, we have eight designers that we pass files back and forth on and 
they, they need to be able to find stuff just as easy as me. So it's also just the best practices in that sense of, hey, this is going to help us work together as a team if you name your files this or if you lay out your folders like this so we can see them. So that's all, that's all kind of my job. And it sounds, this is the most boring part to some people, but it's, it's part of my favorite part because um, I do struggle with a little bit of OCD. Um, so, <laughs> at least you so admit it right now yeah, yeah. it seems like you almost need that for the job you gotta yeah, be I, super organized yeah so i think you know if you looked at the latest article on medium that i wrote um with the engineering team at zingo we we just changed our pipeline the way we work so we're all in on sketch now um we're gonna use zeppelin to spec stuff out so basically that was my job to come up with this uh design pipeline collaborate with the engineering leads and make sure that it worked with what they wanted and then communicate those best practices. He was then promoted to Associate Experience Design Director after launching New Words with Friends. The team was shrinking after the launch, which is typical after completing any big project, and he had already been stepping up and doing the job. I was lucky enough to kind of be in the spot where I was already managing a couple people and they believed in me and I stepped up and I led the team. I had a lot of help. My boss, uh, Nick Giovanello, you know, definitely helped me with the management, with hiring, all of the stuff that I, I needed to learn moving from an, an IC, an individual contributor to a more management role. Just because you're a good designer, it, it's not even the same skill set as a good manager. So um, it's, it's definitely a, a transition and a, and a tough road for some people. Uh, myself included. What are some of the specific things you need to pick up to go from that IC role to a manager role? Yeah, I, well, I think it's you have to be okay with with a different a focus on something else. You, you're focusing on people, on mentoring people, creative people. You know, sometimes that can be like herding cats. Uh, <laughs> but the at the end of the day, like it's super rewarding and you're all in it together to make something amazing and beautiful and delightful for people. You're, you know, you're having one-on-ones with all your people and talking about career development and you you have people complaining that they want to get promoted and you have to work with them on plans to get them there. And I would say it's a completely different skill set, and that that's challenging. Is that a skill set that you would say that you're comfortable now with? Definitely. And, and, you know, I taught art, I coached basketball, all of those things that I had done before, you know, gave me confidence that I could do it and gave me a little bit of background. But um, in business, it's, it's definitely something that I've had to learn. And it's, it's one of those things that um, for me, it was one of the challenges that I was very eager and happy to try to take on. That wraps up part two in the UX Marks the Spot series. Huge thanks to Greg Hill for sharing his wisdom throughout this Experience a Day in the Life series. If you haven't already, be sure to listen to part one in this series to experience a day in the life of an Associate Experience Design Director at Zynga. So they say you can't get a job without experience, but need experience to get the job. But luckily, we have quite the experience. You can join our team and experience a day in the life of the jobs you want by applying to be a student editor. Regardless of your major or amount of experience, this is the perfect stepping stone into any internship or career. Find more info and sign up at xadiddle.com slash students. That's xaditl.com slash students. 
Thanks for listening. Head over to exadiddle.com. That's X-A-D-I-T-L.com. There you can find the show notes for this series and more A Day in the Life articles. And you can get to know us and our guests more by joining our communities on social media. Follow at xadiddle on Instagram and on LinkedIn by searching for Krista Bow and Matt with one T Poe. If you learned something in this episode, please take some time to help our mission by leaving a positive rating and review of the show. Each week, we bring you a new interview series with guests from different jobs and different industries. In each series, we'll live a specific day in the life, hour by hour, and experience their career journey. So don't forget to subscribe.